Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 9.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. service on Christmas Eve has its own context and character and over the evening we have been progressing so with the children it was very much about Mary and Joseph and the baby and the last Christmas service was really filled with a lot of faces that I don't normally see and so we focused very deeply on the shepherds hearing that good news and now with you, the faithful, at 11 o'clock, it feels most appropriate for us to focus on what happened after the angels arrived and laid that good news before the shepherds and then returned to the highest heaven. The part I want us to focus on is Luke chapter 2, verse 15 and beyond that says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. This is the time of evening when much of the world is getting settled in. People are going to bed. Some parents are getting ready to start assembling things. Children are eagerly awaiting sleep that will turn into 3 a.m. calls of glory and awake and then there are those of us who choose to be here. Those who choose to go and make haste and arrive here for this annual remembrance at an odd hour to the rest of the world, but at a sacred hour for us. And God has kind of hallowed this transitional time between one day into another because it is always at this time, somewhere around midnight, that marvelous, miraculous things happen. It's around this time that Jesus is born. It is around this time that Jesus resurrects. It is around this time, supposedly, that we can expect his triumphant return, the second advent. And so we who gather here are very much in tune with the knowledge that things happen at this time. And we don't come here simply to memorialize the fact that Jesus was born around this time. We come here like the shepherds to see and hear and be impacted. And as we gather here, it's with great expectation, I hope, that God will do something new here and now. For us. Because when you expect great things, it has been my personal experience and based very deeply in the biblical tradition that God does great things. 
And as we gather here, as we're here, and we know that later on we'll share in communion and we'll have that marvelous moment, that reminiscent time when Christians throughout the ages in the darkness have lit candles and have sung for the glory of God, we will experience that as well. We are here and we can look around and see that some of us are tired. God love you for being here. Some of us are in this middle place between fully energized and ready to go to bed. And then there are people like me who are like, we could do this all night. We're not going to do this all night. But if you all will sit here long enough, we could do this all night. But instead, we're going to focus on this sacred hour together. And what does it mean? I think one of the things that we often forget is that there is a call and a response And Christmas is no different than that. God has put forth this call, come and see. And there are those of us who will heed this call. Here I am, Lord. What do you want me to see? What do you have to say to me? And when we are intentional and when we go out of our way to seek these encounters, I believe wholeheartedly that God does something. And sometimes we wish it would be in the presence of a omnipotent shining figure that would say yes my people you have done the right thing you have made good choices but sometimes it's in this quiet nudging of the heart this peace that kind of washes over us to let us know that God is well pleased with us in this moment and whether it is a booming voice of affirmation or that peaceful current in our hearts, it is God letting us know that we have been noticed. God has taken note of us. And there are plenty of instances in scripture where people were like, I just want to blend in and I don't want God to notice me. But people who come to an 11 o'clock worship service, I think we want to be noticed by God. And not in a self-pious way, but because we yearn for that connection. We want to be connected to the Lord who moved heaven and earth to come and be with us. And it's a bizarre scene, the nativity. Unfortunately, we're so used to it now that we don't look at it for all of the wackiness that it is. You have a former single mother who has born the Christ child in a stable, Just imagine what that smells like for a moment. And there with her is a man who has risked his family connections, his social standing, to be with her. To honor the words of the angel that appeared to him in a dream. And to care for her and this unborn child that he knew was not his. An incredible act of love. And here they are in this place where most women do not yearn to bear their firstborn child. And they have gathered here in the midst of an entire city that is filled with his relatives. All of Joseph's family has been gathered to this place, and yet none of them would make room for him and his bride. Instead, they've been relegated to the stable. And it's if God had said, that's fine, I can take a stable and make it a palace. If this is where the earth will put you, this is where I will make the kingdom come. And so it was that this stable was transformed into the holiest of holies. 
And the word went out to the last people that would expect to hear the glory of the birth of Christ. The night shift in the fields outside of the city. Tired, worn out, I'm sure it smells glorious there too. Watching the sheep. And about the time when everybody else is asleep in Bethlehem, the skies erupt with the presence of the heavenly host. And the first words are, don't be afraid. Because I'm sure if the skies erupted with the heavenly host, we too would think this is it. Don't be afraid. We bring you great news. Better be, I'm having a heart attack. And so the news is, Christ has been born and we're telling you. And I always think to myself, wonder what they were thinking. Besides, I think I'm having a heart attack. I'm sure they were thinking, who are we? Who are we that you appear to us and you tell us this good news? You don't want to go tell Herod or the priests. You don't want to tell all the elite, the elders of the city. You come to tell us. Most of the time, you don't look for the third shift of the sanitation crew to make your big decisions. And yet, God picked the most unlikely people at the most unlikely time to change the world. I believe that at times when we think, this is, I know exactly what this is going to be like. This is going to be like what I've always grown up with. This is going to be the tradition. We're going to come here and I feel very comforted by that and everything will be fine. And then I will go home and I will get a good night's sleep. I don't know that that's what God has in mind. I think instead God chooses to turn our expectations around and show us a glimpse of something powerful and profound. And more often than not, it has been my experience that that can and should happen when people have gone out of their way to be faithful to the Lord. And on a day like this, how many of you have been up all day? You tired? You feeling it? Yes? I've been wearing these shoes for quite a few hours now. That's okay. They're cute. But it's precisely now, right? When you're thinking to yourself, I don't know, God. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty, right? It's pretty. They sounded beautiful. We're all here. What else could God do? God has always loved. I think God relishes doing things when we least expect it. You know, I, I've spent the last week prepping for five different worship services over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, and that's five different sermons, and Linda's done five different musical programs, and it's been a long day. It's a good day. It's been a long day. And at some point, I started making these visitations, and I started going and, and, and dropping off presents for people and, and going to say hello. And just sometimes when I thought that I knew how my day was going to go, God turned everything on its head, right? Have you ever gone to do something very simple and God decided that you were going to be a vessel of grace? Turned your life upside down, didn't it? It's not what you thought was going to happen. And 
I believe that God specifically sets that purpose out for those of us who are here. I think that we are people who hear God in a very intimate way. There has to be something that would draw you here at 11 o'clock at night. And it's not my shoes. It's got to be the call of God. And so we have to respond to that. It's what Mary did. Now Mary's response was very inward and contemplative and she pondered the words and she treasured them in her heart. It was a very internal thing and there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes the biggest change is the one that needs to happen in here so that this and this will change. But I'm very intrigued by what happened with the shepherds. The shepherds went back and they told others about what had happened. And you know there were people that were like, I don't know what is going out there in the fields, but these guys have lost their minds. They think the sky is filled with angels. Don't you think we would have heard the sky is filled with angels? And then they went and saw a baby in a stable. Whatever well they're drinking from, we need to close that off. People judged them. People decided that they were crazy. Because the text doesn't say that the next day all of Bethlehem descended onto the stables and searched for the Christ child. People didn't believe. But it takes the dueness of time, right? It takes this progression. It took Jesus 30 years to start his earthly ministry. 30 years. And at the age of 30, he walks right out into the River Jordan and is baptized. And then he could have marched right to Jerusalem. But he wandered in relationship, preaching, teaching, healing for three more years. And I think God is telling us there's something in the journey. It's not always about the destination. It's about how we get there, how we choose to spend our time. Now, I'm a very impatient person. I am happy to rush things along. I am more than happy to say, you know, three years of wanderings a lot. Let's do it in one and a half. But God knows that it takes time. Because these hearts, these hearts weren't made into stone in one day. And it will take time to transform them back into open vessels of kindness and mercy. God knows that we didn't heap up sin in one afternoon, that it's taken years of us expressing our will over God's, that it's been a journey for us to decide whether or not we even want to hear the gospel, much less believe it, embrace it, and live it out. But God is patient, loving, and kind. And so God is willing to give us all the time we need. And if it takes us 50 years of 11 o'clock Christmas Eve worships, then God will give us 50 years. The question is, are we willing to respond to it the way that Mary or the shepherds did? Because like most of the world, Christmas is a one-day thing. We spend all this time decorating and buying and busying. And then it's over and it's time to get ready for New Year's. Or are we determined 
that tomorrow will be the start of our season. That we will stop and ponder really what this means. It would only be later that those who were ambassadors for royalty would show up. That they would arrive and greet Mary and the child. And the text tells us that on Epiphany, as the church celebrates it, that when they came, Mary marveled at what they said. All of these gifts for this child? And I wonder if at that moment the words of the shepherds came back to her. The words of the angel that proclaimed the good news to her at the Annunciation. All of that came back and she was reminded, ah yes, he may look like a normal human child, but this isn't just any child of God. This is the Son of God. And we who are here this evening are being invited into a deeper walk. We're being invited into a connection that is reminiscent of that of Mary with Jesus or those shepherds who encountered him at the night of his birth. We are being invited to glimpse and see things and share that. And not share it as I would share it, but share it in each and our own ways. Because God didn't send just one angel to tell the shepherds. God sent the entire heavenly host to do so. Because I think that we hear it over and over and over. And then we go, you know, there might be something to that. Every one of us here tonight has an opportunity to be part of the heavenly host. And tell people the good news. And what is it? It is this, Christ our Lord is born, he died, and he rose again. And his truth is open for every person, whether they would count themselves among the shepherds of the night shift or the heralds of the king. This message is for all people. And whatever way we can tell it, are we not requested and called and gifted and abled by God to do just that? We are the people who will go back and will proclaim an even deeper layer of the Christmas truth. And I know that the Holy Spirit is not only willing and able, but ready and quite insistent that we do just that. May this truth for us be our Christmas legacy. May it be what we do not only this evening and tomorrow, but in the days ahead. Because when the world is ready to pack away the nativity, we know that this is only just the beginning of what God is going to do. It started with a baby, but it didn't end there. It ended only at the cross and the empty tomb where every person was invited in. And there was room made at a table for all those who desired to be present with, engaged with, and deeply, profoundly in love with God Almighty. May that truth 
not just be ours, but for all people. In the name of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may it be so. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.